Merry Christmas, everybody. Nice to see you today. So since it's Christmas, we believe, I just have this opinion that there are favorites that we have when it comes to the holiday season and when it comes to Christmas specifically. So maybe it's Christmas food or maybe it's Christmas traditions or, or uh, you know, maybe it's your favorite Christmas gift that you've given or that you've received or something like that. But we decided to be nice to talk about our favorite part of the Christmas story. And I, again, I think everyone's got a favorite part. If you thought about it all, say, oh, I like that part the best or those kinds of things. And so we're going to give you a chance to do one more poll today. And you tell me what your favorite part of the Christmas story is. And then I'm going to tell you that part of the story. That's the deal. Ex- except that I'm going to give you four choices. Okay, let's be fair. All right. So here's, here's the four choices. I'm going to tell you the choices and then I'll put the poll up and then you can tell us which one is your favorite part. So one option is to tell the story of Joseph. And so it's sort of, maybe I would title it, um, guess what, Joseph, your girlfriend's pregnant. <laughs> or maybe we could talk about uh, the story that comes in Luke chapter two, where um, a young teenage couple who's pregnant elopes to Bethlehem. Okay, or maybe not, I don't, whatever. It's your, it's your choice, so uh, let's see. Or we could tell the sh- story of the shepherds out in the fields, and that's a story that comes with the all-star heavenly rock band and a celestial sing-along choir. So like music, you're going to want to do that story. Or let's see, the other story would be the, the Magi, which is a story that comes with international intrigue and political conflict. There's your four choices. Show us the poll. You guys go ahead and vote for the one you like. The be- Whoa, we're already at the manger. All right, so what else? What do you want? You, you tell me. Like Christmas. There's Joey. You go. Take a look in the five and ten. Glistening once again. With candy canes and Oh, we have musicians. Go. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on Still your Still time for the manger to make a comeback if you want to see it. A pair your of choice. And a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls up, we'll talk, and we'll go for a walk is the hope of Dennis and Jen. And All right, we're going to give this about five more seconds. If you haven't voted, this is your chance. Beginning to look a lot like Three, Christmas. two, one. All right, we're going to tell the story of the manger. That's what it was, wasn't it? Oh, no. Oh, it was a sheep. Yeah, thank you. It was a sheep. I forgot that. Not exactly what I thought you guys were going to do here. So, yeah, so the shepherd. So I'm going to tell you that story. I promise I'm going to tell you that story. Um, But in the process that I'm trying to work this thing out in my own head and trying to figure out why you want that story as compared to some of the other stories, because the other stories are really interesting. I, I can't tell them all. No, I don't have time for that. But um, So the story of Joseph, that the angel shows up and says, guess what? Your fiance's pregnant. And Joe's like, I don't know anything about that. And it goes on to talk about how that works out. It's a gut-wrenching story. But you'll never know. Might save it till next year. We'll see. Or you could have had the story about the holy family making their way to Bethlehem and there was no room for them in the end, probably because the rest of Joseph's family had to go there and register too and they took all the good spots, you know? Or maybe they're thinking, God, did you not know this was going to happen? Could you not have called ahead and made reservations? Or you have the Magi coming from another country. They come into the place where there was a king named King Herod and Herod was not born king. He was put in the king role in Israel by Caesar. So he was not born king, but the Magi come in. They say, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? 
Well, that's kind of a fast pass to the gallows when you ask the king who was not born king, if there's one who was born king, where is he? That doesn't go over all that well. But you didn't want to hear about that stuff anyway, so... Let's talk, about, let's talk about this story in Luke chapter 2 about shepherds, all right? So this is found in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. Here's how the story goes. I'll, I'll read it for you, and then we'll talk about it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right, now let's just talk through that story a little bit. Maybe you like that story because of the characters. I've studied stories a lot and storytelling and how does it work. And I know that stories are great because they have great characters. And so maybe you like this particular story because you like the characters who are in the story. So for example, there are shepherds, of course, in the story of the shepherds. You would sort of expect that. So some of the characters are shepherds. Now, shepherds had a long history in the nation of Israel. You might remember that King David, a thousand years before Christ, was also a shepherd. You may remember that some of the prophets in the Old Testament were also shepherds. So there's this long history of shepherds in Israel, and yet shepherds weren't always all that highly regarded. You might remember that David's brothers mocked David. They said, oh, yeah, you're just just tending those few sheep over there in the field. We're doing the important things. Or you might remember that even Jesus himself said, yeah, sometimes shepherds aren't all that, they don't have that much integrity. They're not all that faithful to the flock. Sometimes they're just getting paid and they'll protect the sheep unless a wolf comes, unless danger comes. And then they flee because they're just getting paid. They're just a hireling. And so shepherds didn't always have the best reputation among the people of Israel. They were usually isolated from the village because they'd be out in the fields all the time while the people in the village were not. And so they were separated from the people that they knew, the people that loved them, and sometimes people that didn't love them, and they were, they were isolated from them and kept apart from the villagers mostly. And so while they were out there, they didn't have a lot to do. No high-definition TV, no Niners games. Not that you'd want to see something like that anyway. And so they became storytellers, and they became good storytellers. And there's some Pros to that, and there's some cons to that, as you can imagine, because sometimes you tell really engaging, funny stories, and sometimes you're telling stories that aren't true. Sometimes that's what happened to the, to the shepherds out there. Remember that, remember that story? This is not an Israeli story. This is not a, a Bible story, but remember that story of the boy who cried wolf? He kept saying there was a wolf out there, but it wasn't really true. He, true, he was just telling stories. Wasn't that boy a shepherd? Same character. So they were storytellers. And the people in the Bible who were shepherds were just like that. And in effect, they were outsiders to the mainstream of the nation. They were outsiders to the mainstream of Israel. 
And they were some of the characters in this story. Now, maybe you like the story because of those characters. Or maybe you like the story because of the character who showed up while the angel or the shepherds were out there. This angel shows up, and he's one of the characters in the story. Now, I don't know if you've ever met an angel. Yeah, well, a few. One. Yeah, so I, angels are a little different than we normally picture them. The word angel is a Greek word, and it simply means messenger. It's not like some big magic word or something. It just means messenger. It's like this angel was a cosmic mailman. He just had a message to deliver. And he brings it in, and the Bible says when he shows up, the glory of God shone around them, and light was everywhere. And I imagine that when the, shep- when the angel showed up and shone God's glory, all the shepherds got knocked down. Because you cannot stand in the presence of a holy, holy, holy God. And when he shined the glory of God among them, I think they all fell down on the ground and they were in terror. Maybe that's why some of you like the story, because it's a terror story. It's a horror story, maybe. This angel shows up and it, ha- it says he has a message. He's a bringer of good news. He says, I'm telling you about a baby. His, he's a savior. He's the Messiah. He's Christ the Lord and he's here. And you can go into the town and you can find him. He, you'll find him. Here's the sign. He'll be wrapped in cloths and they'll be, they will place him in a manger. And you and I think that's really strange. You and I think, oh, well, that's exactly how you find him because that doesn't happen every day. But as soon as the angel said to the shepherds, you'll find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, they said, oh, just like our kids. I mean, where did you think shepherds put their kids when they were born? In a nice little polished cradle with a nice mattress and sheets and things? Or in a manger, which is just a feeding trough for animals? They just put the baby in the softest place they could find, hay with some claws on top of it, just like the shepherd's children. And now you find out that the shepherds who were outsiders to the mainstream of Israel and to the mainstream of the life of God, now God's sending his son into the exact same world that those outsiders lived in. When they heard the story from the angel, the message from the angel that this was going to be good news for everybody, for all people, they said, really, even shepherds? Maybe you like the story because of the character of the angel. Or maybe you like it because of the choir that showed up after the announcement. Right? So it says then, after the, after the angel made his announcement, then suddenly there appeared uh, um, uh, this great group of the heavenly host. It's a choir. They're singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men with whom God is pleased. Right? So you know that part of the story. Well, this is choir now. It's a choir made of angels. And again, we get a little sideways in terms of how we think about angels. We, in our generation, we think of angels as sort of nice, feminine, beautiful creatures. And I'm not saying that they weren't like that, except that the Bible usually pictures them as strong male-identified characters. And so we sometimes think when they came along, they, sing this, they sang this song, they, we think of it like as sopranos and beautiful music, like, Gloria, not so beautiful, Gloria, you know, like that, kind of like, that's how that went. It's like, oh, a nice heavenly choir. But that's not what it says. It says a multitude of the heavenly host came. When I was a child, I thought host was like someone who meets you at the door. You know, they're all dressed up nice. They come in, we have a table ready for you. So it's like it's a choir of maitre d's. But that's not what it says. The word host is the word that means army. He said suddenly there was with the angel a a multitude of the heavenly army and they were singing. And so how do you think that was? This nice little beautiful tune? No. It sounded like a bunch of baritones singing. 
And I, you know, I just, I, I kind of think of it like this. Like, it's like when they were singing, they're like, glory, gloria. <laughs> I just think that's how that was. Don't you, don't you imagine? It's a, it's a heavenly army. They're like, glory. It's not like that. <laughs> glory, gloria. So I want, this is a celestial sing-along choir. All right, so now, don't, ladies, don't be offended, but I'm going to ask the men to sing. Is that all right? Ladies, you just sit back and relax and listen to this. We got, we got three or four hundred men in the room. So men, I just want you to join me in the Heavenly Army Choir. With me? It's, it's very easy. You already have the tune. I can tell that. So here, let's do this together. Glory, Gloria. Good job. Glory, Gloria, with gusto, glory, there it is, glory, keep it going now, glory, Gloria, one more, glory, glory, that was awesome, (laughs) that has nothing to do with the story, but it was awesome. That's why I like the story right there. It's beautiful. No, it has everything to do with the story because here's the messengers from heaven saying, we're putting our, our signature on this. This is a message from God. It's true. God moves in among his people, even among the outsiders, even among those who would say, I would never measure up to the ones that God considers his favorites. And he comes right in among them, brings his baby, brings his son as a baby right in among them, puts him in a manger just like those shepherd's kids were. And that's where it gets amazing that God treats us that way. Maybe you like the story because of the characters. Maybe you like the story because of the plot. If you have great characters, but you don't have any conflict in the story, you don't really have a plot. You just have a travel log. It's not very interesting. But when the plot comes in, you go, oh, there's some different things here. There's some hard things here. There's some conflict that comes in. See, the shepherds are out there minding their own business in the fields, watching their flocks at night. One guy saying, hey, did you hear the one about, you know, whatever? And somebody else says, yeah, but did you hear, do you hear what I hear? Probably, yeah, sorry, that one... Should have practiced that one more. And this angel shows up. And how they knew it was an angel? I mean, we don't see angels every day. You think they saw angels every day? They didn't. Angels were really rare. But when God wanted to get a message across, sometimes he sent an angel. And how do you know it was an angel? It's because the first thing that he said to them was, don't be afraid. Again, we get a weird picture of angels like they're all nice and friendly and cuddly, sort of cherubic. Cherubic. Like cute little angels. Right, But every time an angel shows up in the Bible, they start with these words, don't be afraid. Why? Because they were frightening. (laughs) One look at an angel, you're like, ah! (laughs) They were terrified. See, these men, these shepherds, were not pillars in the community. They were not regulars at the local synagogue. They were not on terms with a holy, holy, holy God. And you would never confuse them for one of God's favorites. And see, that's where the story gets really interesting to us because they hear about this baby. They go, really, God, you're sending a baby like that to us into our world? And you're sending us, the storytellers of the world, 
the ones who don't always, aren't always known for telling the truth, you're sending us to be the first human messengers of that child? And the message of Christmas is the idea that God loves this world so much that he sent his son into the world to redeem it. And he didn't send his son into the world like the great leaders of the world. He didn't send his son into the world like the great financial leaders of the world or the great political leaders of the world, the great kings of the world. He didn't send his son into the world like that. He sent his son into the world, and when he came, he looked just like the shepherd's children. to those who would never regard themselves as God's favorites. But you know the message of Christmas is that every single one of us is God's favorite. God can look you square in the eyes and say, you are my favorite. You go, yeah, but how can God do that to 7 billion people? Because he's God. You know, you couldn't do it. You you might have one favorite and all the others cannot be. But when it's God, he can say, you're all my favorite. He sent his son for every one of us, not just for one. And when you look at our lives, like none of us can really stand stand up and say, oh, well, I know know why God sent his son for me because I was so good. No. God sent his son to you because you're his favorite, because he loves you, because he chose you like he chooses seven billion of us, like he chooses hundreds of us, like he chooses you. And the story of Christmas is always an invitation from Jesus to you to believe him, to trust him, and to bow your life to him. It's funny, at the end of all those four stories that I give you options to pick from, at the end of all those stories, everybody bows to the baby. The magi come in with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they bow to the baby. Joseph, the carpenter, stonecutter, man from from a nobody town up in Nazareth, he comes and he bows to the baby, his own stepson. Mary, the mother of the Messiah, eventually bows to her own baby. And here are some shepherds who are far outside the mainstream of God, far away from God. And they get an invitation, and they come and they bow to the baby. And so the same invitation goes out to you today. You may come in, and you might go, man, my life's been a long ways from God. I mean, I'm sort of an outsider of this whole church thing. I don't even really know how church works. I just show up every now and then like at, at Christmas, you know, and I just kind of check it out. And I peek in for a little bit, and then I go, I go away again because I don't really know what it's like. I'm, I'm such an outsider to God. And God looks at all of us who feel like outsiders, and he says, look, you're my favorite. Will you believe me? I sent my son for you. And maybe since Christmas is about an invitation, maybe you would just accept an invitation from Jesus when he says, would you trust me? I gave my life for you. I came into this world. I gave up everything I had in heaven. I came into this world. I eventually died on on the cross to take your sins away and to remove this distance between you and God. Will you believe me? I just want to offer the invitation to you today.
from Jesus? Will you believe him? Will you trust him? And he will be the one who makes you an insider with God. He promised. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for who you are and for what you've done. You amazingly came into this world that was so far away from you, so broken, so disrupted by sin. And you came in, you gave us your life, Lord, because you loved us. And so together as your church family, we, we celebrate who you are and what you've done for us. Many of us in the room, Lord, already believe in you. We already trust in you. We've, we've said, here, take my life. Bring me to God the Father. But Lord, maybe there are some in the room today that are saying, I'd like that. I'm, I always feel far from God. I never feel like I measure up to him. I was afraid the roof was going to cave in today when I walked into the church. Lord, maybe there's some like that, and they're just saying to you right now, Lord, is that invitation is really open for me. Could I take it? Could I put my trust in you, and would you bring me into a relationship with God the Father? And Lord, if you hear someone praying that prayer today, would you say yes, like you promised? Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for all the great things you've done for us. We love you. Amen.